That's interesting. Okay. I see uh, Sukragya has joined. Hello, Sukragya. Uh, we're just kicking off uh, this event, AMA session on democratization of uh, predictive analytics for enterprise. I'm Madhumita Mantri. I'm a product lead at Startree. And uh, I was an ex-LinkedIn, and that's where I got uh, to work with Hema and had a wonderful time working with her. Uh, currently, I'm in a space. Uh, it's an early-stage startup called Startree, working in real-time analytics and anomaly detection space. So I was curious uh, to learn more uh, about how the predictive analytics uh, space is evolving. And I saw Hema is doing something really uh, interesting and cool. and um, I uh, decided that, okay, uh, why don't I reach out to Hema and learn from her, uh, what's uh, her journey uh, in the predictive analytics space, what are the cool stuff they are doing. So I'm having this MA session, some of the logistics I would like to quickly tell. If any of you have questions, raise your hand and I will invite you to the stage and you can unmute and ask questions that we can make this uh, very interactive. Unfortunately, there's not a chat that is available so you can post your questions so we will do that way now i have a set of questions that i will be going through but not necessary that i would follow that script so please chime in and raise your hand with that i'll open up the floor for hema hi hema welcome uh, to this ms session and i'm super excited that you're here and uh, would love to hear more from you about your career journey to head of engineering at uh, kumo.ai and if you can share uh, some of the tips to the folks who are listening in and who are interested to spin up their career in this space. We'll start with Thank you, Madhu. Yeah, thank you, Madhu. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here and again, have a conversation with you in a professional context. Uh, I think it's been a while. And it's also fun to use the LinkedIn events product, which I was involved in building, but you know, now I'm a bigger consumer of LinkedIn. But that said, uh, you know, the journey to, uh, uh, you know, uh, Kumo, I mean, I, well, I started my career in the field of AI. I've been in it since grad school, since that, that was more than 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, uh, Kumo came as a confluence of many personal and professional journeys. Uh, when I came to LinkedIn and uh, I was doing content, I was doing uh, machine learning for you know search uh, and recommendations, especially content recommendations. Uh, but I came across graph problems there. And in particular in LinkedIn, a lot of the graph problems sat in uh, uh, the growth team. And uh, so there were tough technical problems to solve, but uh, the space of growth, and growth basically means growing your business, right? So it's basically finding new market opportunities for the business, being able to uh, expand the presence of the business. It could be, and in LinkedIn, it meant growing the network, the graft, connecting people to more people so that they could find jobs and so on and so, uh, so forth. But growth teams across the valley and across different companies tend to have a very, you know, agile DNA. They're very impact focused, very metrics focused, and they want to test out many hypotheses. They're very data driven, right? And uh, so uh, in solving many of the technical problems, I also started thinking about 
you know, uh, AI productivity, right? And uh, I was involved in several AI productivity and data infrastructure problems at LinkedIn, just in order to make my team more agile. And um, I started finding a lot of fun problems at this, and I was thinking, hey, this is where the next, you know, big shift is going to happen. I also became aware of the cloud revolution, right? So, you know, everything's moving to the cloud. The modern data stack is very cloud first. And a lot of the deep technical problems or the tough ones are solved in a SaaS model. So, you know, they get solved in the SaaS model. And if you're, you know, the next generation of the LinkedIn's and the Pinterest's and so on, you would probably, you know, start cloud first. You would pick components from, uh, you know, the different cloud providers and build your application from there. So that was the natural trajectory. And uh, at, uh, you know, uh, it was the confluence of all these thoughts and uh, just meeting my co-founders who also were having similar, you know, uh, were in the similar journey. We knew each other for a very long time that actually led us to, you know, build Kumo. And at Kumo, what we want to do is actually make uh, predictive analytics or AI in general, because right now, and I'm going to say this many times during our conversation, is the, I, I see a convergence of the whole analytics and predictive analytics and AI space of, you know, over the next decade or so. And uh, Kumo is, uh, you know, uh, the starting point or the inflection point of, you know, that new revolution. Awesome, Hema. Uh, thanks for the nice introduction and uh, sharing your journey. I think growth sounds definitely very exciting and I think it's a common problem that every business is, uh, faces. And uh, as you said rightly, like combining the uh, predictive analytics plus the AI power is definitely uh, the new phase and I working in the anomaly detection space i keep hearing from my users all the time that kind of question like how i can see the uh, how i can predict the future like how i can query into the future i think uh, that's that uh, that sounds interesting so i'll pause for a second and see if uh, from the audience if you have any questions for hima otherwise i will move on to my next question if uh, you're using this product for the first time, LinkedIn Audio, you can, there's an option, you can raise your hand and I can invite you uh, to the stage. Okay, it looks like none as of now, so I'll move forward with my, oh, I see there's one hand raised. So let me invite you. So, Srinivas, I, I unmute, yeah, go ahead and unmute yourself and ask question. <coughs> Yeah, thank you so much for bringing me into the stage. So, um, as Como um, <clears throat> being a predictive analytics of future, right? So, do anybody need any coding experience, or is this going to be a, a GI based a platform that you build? Yeah. So, uh, at Como, uh, the way we're build, uh, building the product is actually that uh, we as we're targeting business users, right? So uh, if you have the understanding of your business, you understand, uh, you know, what tables exist in your warehouse, our 
uh, it's a low code solution, right? But you would write something that resembles a query. It's a very SQL-like interface because we're targeting an analyst audience, but you do not know need to know the deep details of how machine learning engineers operate today. And today to be a machine learning engineer, you need to be this unicorn of a computer scientist plus a uh, business owner plus a you know, masters in machine learning. So that our target audience is, uh, you know, that. does that answer your questions, Srinivas? Yeah, so um, uh, another question to continue to that. Srinivas, we cannot hear you. Hello? Nima, can you hear me? lagging much. <laughs> so um, when we talk about the models, right, so there exist a lot of models that are available in the market um, and people are building their models in R, Python, or any other tech stack, right, so it may be answers. So how many number of models that you integrate and are readily available to try um, with the given historical information with Kuma? Got it, got it. So. Uh... If you have to use R or statistics or these other packages, you need, uh, you know, uh, you need expertise. You need people who have, you know, what I call the equivalent of master's plus or graduate degree proficiency in data science, right? Because you need to be able to pick the algorithm. You need to be able to tune the algorithm and so on and so forth. The way Kumo does it is we actually take your, uh, problem specification, which is in that very SQL-like format, and we run uh, AutoML under the hood. You don't have to create your training data set. We do that for you. We train your parameters for you. And the, under the hood, we basically run a class of algorithms called graph neural networks, and uh, that's the core technology. It encapsulates many, many different problems. offers is same capabilities but you know uh, uh, and, and and a lot of automation for a business user thank you so much that answers my question super great question srinivas uh, hema can you hear me yes i can hear you very well okay great i had some internet issues so 
uh, those also in similar boat having internet issues so just refresh your browser it works and you can unmute and uh, ask questions so my i have my next question for you uh, could you explain what predictive analytics in simple terms the reason why i'm asking this question there might be folks who will be listening to our audio even later on and i just wanted to um target all types of audience who are learning and have no idea to the space and uh, uh, interested in learning further uh yes absolutely so um let's uh, just talk about analytics right so back in the day uh you know if you uh, look or even today right most analysts and companies are very embedded with their business owner right and often just like srinivas and i had that conversation you know knowing whether your new user who was acquired 2 months ago is going to churn or not uh is a question that a business user uh is often interested in right and uh the typical way to answer this is you would just go and look at engagement or activity or whatever you have in your system uh or payments or whatever to uh on historical data and all businesses have become data driven so you know when the c suite asks the question how is my how are my users doing we've become really good at looking at our dashboards pulling up data and quickly being able to answer the question and in fact companies like yours like startree even make that even more real time right so that part has gotten really well commoditized but now decision makers asking more they are saying how will my business do next week whom should i send coupons to in uh, uh and and get high roi right or who should i upsell to right so these are all now on that spectrum of analyst to predictions now some companies used to solve this by just drawing a regression line over you know historical data but the future is not always the same as the past right you can actually use machine learning uh to to solve this problem so this is where i see like predictive analytics and ai starting to converge and we're starting to use the term somewhat interchangeably at the extreme end of the spectrum of course you know when people think of ai they think of very near real time systems that when i click on a tiktok video the next you know the system immediately is able to predict what the next tiktok video we should show the users that's the extreme super real time ai engineering job today but predictive analytics is the beginning of that journey for most companies yeah i think that uh, very well said i mean very few companies are able to do that successfully um i think primarily not other companies are yet trying one is probably the data literacy gap and second probably they don't have the right resources to get started with so i guess uh, doing something like this and more i mean converging predictive analytics plus ai uh, is the way to go forward and seems like a very powerful uh, combination for future so i have a quick absolutely I have a quick follow-up question to that. Uh, why do we need uh, predictive intel intelligence for enterprises? If you can share some examples, that will be helpful for the audience. 
Yeah, so let's actually continue to build on what we talked, right? Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, the new customer acquisition prediction, right? Like, whom should I uh, send a coupon to or who's going to churn or whom should I upsell to, right? Um, often this will start as a, uh, you know, business uh, question, but then eventually, you know, people want to start operationalizing this, right? Like, you know, they say, hey, I could set up growth and marketing campaigns and I can set up email campaigns and, uh, you know, uh, so then you want to start operationalizing. You want, you know, uh, daily, weekly, monthly batch jobs that do these predictions. And then you, and now there are lots of these, you know, automated uh, marketing or, you know, uh, sales operations kind of systems that can actually ingest these kind of predictions. So often we, we see in the many customers that we talk to, they start with just, trying to answer questions, but then they want uh, to consume these predictions in uh, some many times growth and marketing cases. But then we also see, you know, recommendations because say if you're a, you're the kind of business who's, uh, 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 let's say a retail store whose inventory is fairly, you know, on a day over day, reasonably static or people's preferences are fairly static, you can do recommendations also in a platform like Kumo or any of the other predictive analytics platform, right? Like as long as you can frame your problem as what should I show uh, a given user? So you can put this in a batch uh, offline process. You can consume it in a cache in a real time system. So oftentimes companies start there, you know, first with growth and marketing use cases, then recommender use cases. And then another big area that uh, you know, intelligence is needed is fraud, for example, right? Um, a lot of payments are online and uh, a lot of, I mean, companies are just op operating online businesses. So fraud becomes another big vertical uh, where, you know, uh, intelligence, uh, there is no way out other than intelligence because uh, uh, this field is so adaptive and how fraud happens is so adaptive that it's only AI that can catch up to that. So, um, and why do we need, uh, uh, you know, so, so there are many business use cases and oftentimes I think Madhu, you brought up a very good point, which is uh, you don't have resources, right? Uh, there are way too many problems where you need uh, predictions and most businesses see that, but they, but actually hiring talent is really hard. Uh, and the current tooling actually requires, I, I think I said it before, you need this, uh, you know, unicorn of a person who can do a lot of pipeline management or, uh, you know, pipeline creation as well as, uh, you know, mathematical problem formulation and everything together in one. And those people are few. So the opportunity is really for enterprises to not only capitalize on predictive intelligence for their business use cases, but also pick the right tooling to get it done right. Yeah, absolutely. You're completely right uh, that, uh, I mean, my tenure in PayPal, uh, we learned some something in hardware and PayPal was in that journey to going to cloud after a long time. And then while picking up the tooling, 
there was a lot of discussions like whether we should hire engineers to do or tooling and obviously uh, the goal was uh, not to like take away the job and leave it to ai something like that but how to empower and make them more productive and the fact that they realized there is like okay we have our existing engineering talent but we probably don't have the skill sets as you said like somebody needs to be superhuman to work in this space and i guess uh, combining the human plus the uh, product or tooling that was the great choice that at that time paypal did end up making and it was a good outcome overall and uh, how ai could empower them and make them more productive that was interesting to see and i i'm sure like we have also seen this pattern at other companies and and also linkedin that's why ai productivity was such a big theme over there absolutely i'll pause for a second and see yeah, i think victoria has a question so i will invite into the stage go sukhradya you can unmute yourself and ask question allowed you to speak so can you unmute yourself and talk sukhradya we can't hear you you still you're still muted okay while sukhradya is back and she's able to unmute uh, himself um, i'll move forward with my next question unless i don't see any more hand raised yet so my next uh, question is what are some of the common challenges you have seen in enabling pr- predictive intelligence in this large organizations or enterprises as you were talking about you're talking to a uh, few folks and um, you covered the use cases and you also spoke uh, in the beginning like who could be the right audience as srinivas uh, um, asked you that question so i'm curious to know um, what common challenges you have uh, noticed while enabling uh, predictive intelligence in large enterprises yeah so we uh, alluded to this uh, in you know earlier also right like you know why is productivity important right uh, uh, so i'll say there are two one is productivity is a bottleneck the second one is hiring is hard so productivity is a bottleneck because uh, if you look at it you know there's data that lands really nicely in data warehouses and uh, when we see you know uh, uh, customer data in snowflake or in redshift or any of the you know modern data stacks popular warehouses we see that you know customers have a good understanding of how to collect their event tracking data their you know put things in the right schema by and large that education has happened but then if you look at the ds journey after that they still in a bigger enterprise they have to comb through so many data sets to just know okay if i have to predict customer churn first of all there are like these 10 tables that are probably important right which have signals so that's one then after that they have to construct a training data set so all, so then somehow they have to get all that data massage it in a way that's right for machine learning and uh, this takes some science and some, and a lot of engineering right the science part is largely just knowing what is you know the right sampling that needs to be done the right uh, you know 
training test splits, the right timeline-based splits, and so on. But then munging all that data, which actually was sitting in an analytics warehouse to be ready for machine learning, becomes this whole other journey of processing that the you know that you need to do for uh, you know for predictions. And um, once you get to the training table as such, a lot of companies are there are a lot of players that there that actually let you do like you know uh, hyperparameter search right or let you find the best model on one table after you've created your training data set but there isn't a one-stop solution which says uh you know or there hasn't been and that was that's the problem space we're trying to solve is there hasn't been a one-stop solution which says here are my tables here's my problem formulation let me build a model and um uh, yeah. Uh, that's the gap Kumo's trying to fill. The other gap that we want to fill, and then again, there are uh, you know other players in this space as well, is uh, enabling uh, predictive analytics for uh, you know sales ops or for marketing teams and so on. Now those tend to be very vertical uh, focused solutions, uh, but. Uh, but you know that the the resourcing, like if you're in a sales team and or if you're in a marketing operations team and you need intelligence, it's very hard to get the time of a data scientist because again, that's back to the hiring problem. Yeah, uh, I think you're absolutely right on that. Um, uh, I have seen that a lot, and everyone have a big challenges, and we are facing that like hiring talent is a big uh, problem. And right mm -hmm. talent to do solve so many problems. So yeah. I'll pause for a second if to see uh, any questions from the audience. So uh, <coughs> to um, understand more, uh, Hema, um, mm -hmm. basically the uh, Kumo.ai is going to interact with the data, which is in uh, data warehouses um, on cloud. Yes. And then it is going to build the predictive um, intelligence or analytics, and it is going to operationalize this data to the um, revenue applications. It may be sales, it may be um, any other vertical so across the platform. Um, is it right, or else is it going to directly um, take the data from the transactional systems and then um, uh, use the intelligence to transform the data if it is possible, and then building the uh, now predict predictors out of it uh the problem space would be the the starting point would be the data warehouse uh, uh, but you, it can be a data lake right like it can be data landing in an s3 bucket like you know customer data sets it in very very heterogeneous formats but what i uh, was uh, the the problem that we want to solve is essentially that whole workflows that i talked about earlier you know, just completely automating that space so that, you know, someone in sales ops, marketing ops, finance ops, they can use the tool just as much a data, as a data scientist who wants to go deeper and, uh, you know, analyze models. Yeah, I see there is a huge growth in the reverse CTL, basically the synchronization of the data. Uh, um, initially, data has been used for the analytical purpose and now started operationalizing the data by syncing up the uh, LTV of the LTV to the 
front-end applications which are directly being connected to the customers. So this is going to be a huge part there. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for clarification. Thank you. Great question, Srinivas. I see Supragya is back. Supragya, do you have questions? I know you had some challenges with unmuting yourself. You can raise your hands and uh, I can invite you there too. It seems like I don't see him raising hands, so I will move forward uh, with my next question, unless there is any question from the audience. Looks like there isn't. There isn't. Uh, so my next question, Hema, for you is uh, what are some of the solutions you have come across that seem to be working and popular? Yeah. So I think talking about the field and this whole idea of productionizing ML has been there for a few years now, right? And there are players who have actually done it well in parts of the problem space. Uh, so, for example, when I was, uh, uh, you know, the research scientist trying to productionize models, I would have, uh, you know, a lab set up to do modeling, and then I would, uh, you know, have to go write that same code somewhere in a production uh, setting. I think that setup, right, like I think some of the, you know, like I think Jupyter Notebooks and some of the tooling that actually lets you take go from uh, notebook-based interfaces to, uh, you know, production have, uh, you know, made life easier. Now, you still have to, in a notebook, massage, you know, get to your training table. So that problem is not solved. But when you're doing exploratory data analysis and then you finally say, okay, you know, I'm going to run a tree-based model on this one table and then go from there to production, I think that, you know, there are many players there, StageMaker, Databricks, uh, and a whole bunch of startups. The other one was just hyperparameter search. Like people do things very brute force and you know, there are some auto ML solutions out there. Again, many of the cloud providers have that as well. And I think uh, that automation is good. The other one where I uh, think, uh, you know, some of the cloud providers have done a good job is uh, after I have the model, uh, being able to deploy, right? The, uh, so the model deployment fee and just making that much more lightweight and much more manageable. Again, uh, there are, you know, uh, good solutions there. Uh, that said, I do think, and I came from a text and a content background, I do want to say that the biggest or most radical revolution has been in NLP and images. And that's been the technology or the modeling revolution, which came with deep learning, right? And uh, so all of this workflows that I talked about, right? When I was doing text in grad school, I, you would write a part of speech tagger, you would write a text processor, you would then combine it all and then, you know, uh, solve search or summarization or question answering independently. But now you can just give some transformer raw data and gets an output. And really, it's the uh, data and warehouses that has not been touched by that deep learning revolution, uh, which you know companies like Kumo are going after and hoping to you know uh, transform. But I do think there's a lot happening in the NLP space and the image space. 
uh, in terms of machine learning tooling and automation. Wow, that's an interesting aspect you brought it up. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, over a period, like a couple of years back when they were trying to do image processing, most of the time it wasn't right. But now I see like text to image or image to text is done so well. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, the models have grown so fast and brought up a very interesting uh, thing, which is I never gave a thought in depth, uh, which is uh, mining the data in data warehouse and AI hasn't done or models haven't done a lot of work there, which is uh, interesting because I think there were a couple of interesting problems that we were trying to solve uh, again back in PayPal with like this massive data and the FinTech team was trying to understand like what's going in in their data like if there are it was primarily we were trying to solve data quality issues um and at back then but what are the data uh, quality issues in that large uh, volume of data yeah. present and how to find that chunk of data and uh, yeah it's very interesting if we can we haven't seen many solutions out there here uh, true yeah, since we're talking about gaps, I think uh, my next question for you would be on the similar lines. What are some of the gaps you have noticed in the space and for which there's no good solution out there yet? I mean, kind of like current versus the future trend we are marching towards. And yeah, if you can throw some light at these days. Yeah, so um, I think in terms of gaps, we definitely covered the gap around, you know, autom like building low code ML solutions that don't require ML knowledge, right? So, uh, so don't want to repeat that one. But uh, overall, other gaps, I think, are in uh, the spectrum, right? Like from um, analytics to production. So for example, you do some predictive intelligence and you know, you, you're helping your uh, uh, growth team, you know, uh, figure out here's an, you know, uh, uh, here, here's a population that you want to target for your next marketing campaign. Let's take that as an example. But then going from there to the automated tooling for the enterprise, I'm saying, right? Like, okay, now how do I turn this into an actual production workflow? Uh, I think that still takes some time, right? Uh, then uh, I, I do think there are like an opportunity and there are, you know, some companies that exist in the space. You brought up data quality, like just understanding that you know what we put in our data warehouses is good quality for ai i think you know some automated solutions there would be really useful um i think many people can benefit from that because even for ai it's it's if it's garbage in it's garbage out so i think that that's that's a good one awesome Thanks for uh, sharing that. I think it is uh, tremendously helpful and low code ML is very exciting space uh, where totally you can like apply ML without having apply, uh, sorry, without having ML knowledge and not being a PhD. I think that's a blessing because I think getting a PhD uh, is not easy. And as you were talking about earlier, like being a superhuman is also difficult so if somebody has like more strength in building pipelines 
and they can also empower themselves like with the low code ml solution and can still do a uh, job end to end which sounds great i think it's uh, not only i think enterprises will be benefited from this but uh, people who are like trying to explore career or trying to grow in their career and still do some level of ml without getting a phd i think it will be a great thing for them absolutely so i'll pause for a second and see if there are any question from the audience uh one question um when we talk about the chart right uh, q and a uh, with the uh, predictive intelligence are you also targeting the chartbots because one of the um, the area which is growing very fast and um, become a huge market right are you going to um, help the chartbots to uh, actually answer the customers uh, with the predictive intelligence yeah so i think kumo uh, will shine if your data is largely relational right like you know you have uh, tons of tables and you want to leverage that information so now in the chatbot application there are different like different customers would have different uses for some of them uh for example uh you know the uh the data is all in documents right and i think there are a lot of like uh, text solutions out there that would do much better uh you know in that case but if there's a use case where you know the the, the answer to a chatbot exists in a more relational you know database uh kumo can potentially consider it that's not a space we're in today but you know happy to talk to anyone who has that kind of data yeah uh, so the when you have the intelligence to predict you are you already have the data i mean most of the companies which are who are dealing with the customers having data uh, in the ivr systems iwr systems basically pull the data build the analytics on top of it apply apply predictive intelligence and uh, pull the best common answers and build a fact out of it rather than uh, restricting 10 or 20 facts right so um, that can be a good one to to, to integrate with ideally that's a great suggestion yeah thank you awesome thanks kumar for asking great questions i'll see if any other question from the audience who join late you can raise your hand and i can invite you to the stage and you can unmute and ask questions if you have any yeah i don't see any hand raised so i will move forward with my next question um hima what will be your recommendation to enterprises who are currently building a landscape for uh, predictive intelligence any tips that you would like to give them given your past forward and have experience in other areas where you have seen the journey and they are beginning the journey so if you can advise them like what could be a good path to start and what kind of strategy they can work on yeah so i would say uh uh first principle is be data driven i think uh, uh that's proven enough that uh, uh you know we don't have to question that hypothesis right but in being data driven i think just and just laying the 
you know, foundation for your data, like make the right choices in terms of the warehouses you choose, uh, the metadata, uh, you know, collection, the, the quality of tracking data. So, you know, that's, that's like the foundation. Like if you're building a house, that's your, you know, core foundation. You can always remodel the house on top of it, but uh, it's a little harder to go change the foundation, right? So I would say for a company that's starting the journey, get that right. After that, I think uh, analytics, like just core analytics, right? Like uh, knowing what's happening in my product is important, right? Like uh, just without the predictions piece. So you need to collect data. You need to start looking at your data and your data needs to make sense. So uh, having high quality data and that you are able to, you know, look at and inform your business is the second, you know, the, the next tier on top of that. And then intelligence would come as the next layer. And I think for intelligence, I think, uh, um, you know, I think it's very, again, use case specific, but having a tool that actually lets you test different hypotheses of where to invest your energy on would actually help you. So, you know, look for tools and people who can use the tools who can, you know, test different hypotheses very quickly. So, you know, I would say uh, build your teams uh, around that. And I think cloud first, I think that's the way to go. Okay, um, that sounds great. I think what you're saying is, uh, I mean, first narrow down your problem space and then do a bunch of experiments with uh, tooling and then be a data driven to come up with your strategy and then uh, go about solving with data. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I will pause for a second and see if there are any more questions from the audience. You can either unmute Srinivas, as you're on the stage, you can un unmute, but if you're not on the stage, you can raise your hand and I can invite. Uh, I am on the stage for one final question um, to Fema. Uh, what is the biggest pain point um, that um, AI is able to um, you know, fulfill? I mean, solve the problem, right? So basically, um, with, with all your experience. Yeah. So if you're a company that has more prediction problems to solve than you have resources to do, then... Uh, uh, Kumo actually enables you to get predictions within a few hours for those kind of problems in batch offline ways. And, you know, in the future, we can consider alternate modalities. But basically, uh, for most enterprises who have more problems than, uh, you know, uh, engineers to be able to solve it, that's what Kumo aims to solve in a nutshell. Yeah. So, um, can you throw out some stats if you, whether I could ask or not? So, um, if the data and and build the model how much time it takes uh, just just on high level stats yeah so i we're able to process uh, 
you know, uh, billions of records. And remember, in machine learning, we can always downsample if you have a, uh, you know, you, your data set is too huge. But we're able to do billion plus records within a day. Okay. Yeah. So what is the recommended? Um... All right, I think uh, yeah, Madhu is, has, you're back, okay, yeah. thank you. Sorry about that, my internet has been so spiky. Um, so I don't know, I missed the last uh, conversation. Uh, I hope you had an uh, amazing discussion uh, with Srinivas, uh, couldn't hear that. We are at time, Hima, uh, I just wanted to wrap this up. Uh, so for the audience, if you have any key takeaways, uh, if you would like to share, then we can sort of wrap it up. I think the key takeaways would be, uh, you know, uh, what I just mentioned in the last question, like be data first, uh, uh, look for efficiency, especially in uh, this market and this climate. I think all organizations are uh, you know, going for higher efficiency. So good tooling will give you better efficiency and faster decision making. Uh, and, you know, uh, be data first. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Hima. It was a very interesting discussion today and very insightful and walking us through your journey and sharing all those great insights about how to enable or democratize self-serve intelligence for enterprises that was uh, very interesting and yeah i will publish this uh, talk that we had right now those who could not attend they can listen in later and uh, i'll publish this as part of my monthly newsletter thank, thank you, you thank you thank you Emma, and thank you everyone uh, who uh, listened to this event and made it super interactive with that we wrap up